Hello everyone, welcome back to the Neighborhood Conversations where we chat about so much things about community welcoming, community leaders, persons who are passionate back into this space. And today we have the amazing Jesse Hatcher. Uh, Jesse, let me know if I pronounced your last name correctly. Uh, um, she's an amazing, they're an amazing individual who connects with community, brings so much passion to the employment. She's also a former colleague of mine, which she's one of one of my favorite colleagues that I, I, I must say I admire um, and love the work that they're doing. Today, we're going to be talking about employment product productivity. Uh, employment pro productivity is something that's really important. How to engage, how to keep your, your employees more um, in intact, in um, informed, wanting to be there, wanting to stay there. And so Jesse and I are going to have an amazing conversation. But first of all, Jesse, welcome to the Neighborhood Conversations. How are you? Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm very good. It's a beautiful sunny day in Halifax. It is 22 degrees, which is freaky, but uh, lovely. Oh my, I'm jealous. Actually, in Toronto, it's cloudy today. So, um, but Hey, I love cloudy weathers. I, I I think I work more in cloudy weathers. <laughs> I don't know for some reason. I my brain is actually working and, and it's on. When it's sunny, I, I feel like I have I'm I'm too relaxed. Not to be yeah. um, in that way. Um, but Jesse, thank you so much for coming on to the neighbor conversations today. Um, let's, yeah, it's really good to um, have someone else um, from Team of Cooperative who's doing amazing things. Um, but first of all, Jesse. Tell us about yourself and the role that you're doing at Teamwork Cooperative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, my name is Jesse. Uh, I use they/them pronouns. Um, I grew up in Ontario, so uh, rural Ontario, in a uh, pretty small island off the coast of um, I don't know if coast is the right word, but in Lake Ontario. So, uh, when I was moving to Toronto at 17 to pursue my undergrad degree, I started feeling this big absence of community, having grown up in this small community where. Um, I was super integrated in this culture of helping. I think that's something that I've carried forward through a lot of my career um, and was really informed by growing up quite rurally was that, you know, if you have like a sick neighbor or um, somebody is struggling with food security, like you just help, like it's, it's not really a question. So when I moved to Toronto and I was trying to figure out my identity as a queer and trans person and um, doing my undergrad, I was like, feeling this huge gap right um in in communities so i started working at a crisis center um for queer and trans youth who were underhoused or unhoused um and it just like shifted my whole perspective on what an ethic of care means um so my you know quickly pivoted from what i thought i was going to do uh in my undergrad to what i actually ended up doing which was just a lot of social service work that's been mostly what i've been doing for the last 10 years or so um, so that's been like eating disorder treatment centers and um, yeah, working with unhoused people and addiction treatment centers and, and now working with teamwork, which I love. Um, and I think in all of those roles, I've learned that really nothing exists in a vacuum. Um, it's just not possible to work with people who have been made vulnerable by the systems that we live under without, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, right, in the work that you've done, but without coming up against like housing security, food insecurity, right. uh, mental health, um, sometimes substance use. So it all compounds in this web, right? And I think, um, yeah, because of that, that really guides a lot of the work I do with teamwork now. It's um, this idea that we just fundamentally all deserve happiness and well-being yes. and we can't access that without being really willing to look at the things that are getting in the way of it. Some okay. of that's structural, some of it's interpersonal, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so as a person, I would say I'm really passionate about harm reduction and meeting people where they're at um, and supporting clients towards empowering themselves through like coaching and resource connection. Um, and currently, I'm the program coordinator of the newly named Strive program at Teamwork, Ooh. and I'm also completing my MSW at Dow. Oh, that's amazing. Whoa, that's really good. Congratulations on your master's. And I know that you're going to do really well. Um, helping people is so important and making sure that you are there for them and, and they are being heard. I feel like that's something um, when it comes down to um, connecting with people. And I actually had a great conversation with another individual who's facilitating how to use an employment emotional connection approach mm. in the workplace and that's something that is really interesting on how to connect with people emotionally but also seeing how what's what's going wrong what's what's happening to them that's allowing them to not productively focus on the task or how, what, what what are some of the barriers what are some of mm. i don't know what to call barriers what are some of the the um this the, i would say I don't know what to call it, but maybe calling it what are some of the areas that they that they feel as weak, but they want to grow yeah. in, or maybe some of the areas that they want to um, connect more to that they're not connecting or finding that miscommunication, something in the, of that sort. Um, yeah. But that, that, that's really important. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I think that like we, I'm sure you feel this too, but like are so lucky to have work where we get to be paid to be in service of our community. Like, yes. I think that is such a hack for being a person. Um, yeah. But it also makes me a better person too. Like, I feel like in terms of being reflexive, but also what you're talking about, like when somebody is coming up against a barrier or like, you know, a weakness, being able to contextualize like why that might be happening and like how it's preventing them from accessing well-being, just like makes me more compassionate for myself too. I'm like, okay, like if I wasn't super productive last week, what's my barrier? You know, like yeah. it's, yeah, 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 yeah. it's really yeah. good. Totally. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Let's get into this conversation. I feel like this yeah. is really sweet. I, I want to start with my first question. What does employment productivity looks like for you, and how do you like define that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question, and I feel like it's one that um, I've unfortunately had to spend a lot of time thinking about because I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was like 19 or 20 and just like was not being productive in school um, and or being productive at like the 11th hour, which is exhausting. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I define productivity, I think it's about sustainability for me, number one, um, meeting benchmarks, like setting benchmarks, meeting them, and then also measuring output. And it's like this continual cycle for me of those three things. So I think it's not possible to sustain productivity in the workplace or in like community action, like whatever you do. Um, if you're not attending to your overall well-being at work and outside of it, right? Like, I know that's been said so many times, but for some reason, it's a lesson I feel like I just learned, like, six months ago. It's like, um, yeah. yeah, you know? Yeah. So, like, for me, like, pro my productivity is fed by, like, me spending time in nature, spending time with friends, like, cooking nourishing meals, getting a good sleep, like, being creative, just, like, doing the things that make me feel alive are the yeah. things that make me come to work resourced enough to be productive, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then sort of, like, pragmatically at work, I do so much timing work. So, like, I have found for me the sweet spot is 25 minutes on, five minutes off, which sounds like a lot of breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's good. Yeah, it is, right? Like, I found that for me, um, it actually adds up to way better output if mm -hmm. I am just, like, five minutes every 25 minutes just like you know getting up and walking around for a sec or like looking out the window whatever it is 
Um, so I try to stay within my working hours too. That's another big one. I found that uh, when I first started my career, I was working overtime a lot. I thought that like made me a better employee, but it actually made me a less productive one. So um, for me, like staying in my working hours means that if I do have a last minute project or like a deadline crunch or a client needs support, I can show up to that really well resourced because like the rest of my week, I've made sure I'm home at a certain time and like you yeah. know doing what I need to do. Um, yeah, so that's kind of pragmatically what I do. And then in general, on like an overall top down look, I do a lot of um, goal setting and then evaluating, did I meet that goal? Right. And then like kindly and compassionately talking like with myself through why I didn't meet it so that the next month I can be more realistic or like adjust some other part of my life. So yeah, that is employment productivity to me. Um, wow. Yeah, that, that I love um, the way how you talked about sustainability. Sustainability is mm-hmm. find that balance. And I like how you say you, you find that way to go for walks. Because sometimes, like you said, um, in the old way of thinking, people mm-hmm. will say, okay, you have to work hard in order for people to see you and to achieve. And yes, some organizations, that is still the norm, totally. which is which is not supposed to be like you should be able to come to work, but also balance your life um, mm-hmm. and make sure that you're, you're doing that. Um, but for me, I know what burnout, burnout looks like. And I know that I don't want to lead to me being burned out and mm-hmm. taking one to two days off to say I need to actually relax or to ease my brain from this 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 burnout that I've that I've overworked myself, I've not actually balanced time. And I like how you said that you balance the time, taking that five minutes just to look out the window, just to just to mm-hmm. do that. And, and that's me. That I, I try to buzz some music in, into my ears to it to get me going before um and stuff like that, just to keep me going and stuff like that. And it's something that I think about every day um mm-hmm. as I continue to to do is like um, in the morning, I wake up. It's like it's, it's, it's like you have to prepare the whole productive day. And sometimes it is not perfect. It's just the way how you structure it and make it special to your own. And you don't have to stay to that routine all the time. You can mix it up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But for like me, I wake up in the morning, listen to a podcast, then go take a shower, then get up, um, have some breakfast, have light breakfast, only cereal or tea or coffee, yeah. then head, head out. When I get in, try to take a, a little bit of time to digest, check emails, go into the day, then actually take, a, I, I try to take a break, a, a little break before I'm ending the day or try to take or to end the day in a, a more smoother, relaxed way because like that, yeah. that's going to calm you down to get home or to go home in a, in a clearer perspective so you're not having that energy out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good part of it. Like, I, I actually haven't thought about that part, how I am the day, but mm. being initial with that makes so much sense. And, like, yeah, I have a friend who um, kind of put me on this path of, of like, intentional productivity, but she was saying that um, she starts every day by just putting on, like, soca music and dancing for two hours. And, like, I think... That sounds like me. That sounds so, like me. Like, yeah. Like, that kind of stuff is, like, it's part of why we're alive, too, is to enjoy life, right? And, like... If a byproduct of doing the things that help you enjoy life makes you more productive at work, that's also just a sick bonus. So, yeah, I love being like, but it takes being intentional. Like, it's actually work to be, you know, like, 
responsible for your own self-care too. Yeah, yeah. Holding yourself accountable. Like I'm starting mm-hmm. to go to the gym, so try to put my gym um mindset back in routine. I haven't waited yeah. two weeks, but I have to go back to it. Um was being so busy, see, employ and mm-hmm. productivity. So having to sometimes you go out, but you have to remind yourself to go back into it so that you're not yeah. um um carrying yourself um to burnout. How do you deal going switching into um when in employment productivity, sometimes there are distractions. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes at the workplace and then you may go off course and then sometimes it's okay, but if you go too off course and it, it keeps you um, unbalanced and stuff like that, how do you deal with distractions at the workplace? And how what can you help people to say, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a quick break to listen to some Nova Scotia Works client stories. I look forward to my family's security in the future. That's the main goal as a father. The empowerment from changing careers has really just made me want to get out of bed in the morning. I'm looking forward to growing my business. So I want to hire people like I was hired. I want to give guys that chance. Il me fait plaisir de continuer à travailler avec les immigrants francophones à Nouvelle-Écosse. I'm looking forward to the financial freedom that I never had before. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, so I think for me, dealing with distractions in the workplace, it started with getting really clear on um, what my boundaries are and what my understanding of boundaries is. So um, I remember learning a couple of years ago that like, and I think this has become in just like the cultural like zeitgeist, more of a conversation about like what boundaries are. But for me, it's like boundaries are telling people not how to stay away from us, but how to be closer, right? Like how we can bring people in is by telling them, what we need to be able to be close to them. So, um, and I I think we can extend that to the boundaries we have with ourselves too. So in terms of like being in right relationship with ourselves and having boundaries to avoid distractions, for me, it's like, you know, simple stuff like putting my phone in a drawer um, or like blocking off periods of my calendar that's like, this is just my work time. Um, Blocking websites that distract me, you know, like making sure I can't log into like Facebook on my work computers. (laughs) A pretty easy starting place to not get distracted. Yeah. And then also in terms of like boundaries with other people, uh, for me, it's been really helpful to get good at flexing the skill of somebody knocks on my office to talk about something that's not related to work to be able to say, like, I really want to hear about this, but I can't right now. And then actually following up with them when you can hear about it. Like, that's the second part. So when I was reflecting on this question, I was thinking about like, okay, distractions are not like inherently good or inherently bad I think how we relate to the distraction is really important so being able to say like I can't talk right now but I can talk at 12 and then at 12 going to that person knowing you card at the time to talk to them and then being actually present for it and getting to like savor that conversation being intentional right like that's sort of the second part for how I deal with distractions is um I let myself have time where I am intentionally being distracted, knowing that those things nourish me too. Yes. And that that's also part of being a good employee and like a good worker, right? It's like yeah. um, finding moments in your day where you're savoring your work, but you're also, or you're savoring your engagement mm-hmm. with people. And um, I think like permitting distraction in an intentional way then allows me to actually be really present for the distraction, but also then later present for my work. I'm not sitting there in a conversation about, someone's dog thinking about like all the other things I have to do today I can just be like okay I love to hear about your dog tell me six other things that it did that was weird this week you know like I know I'm not gonna like hustle through a report like the report's done so yeah that's my I think that's how I figured it out nah that's good um 
now I'm going to learn how to do that because applying it, like you say, it's good when you're, when you're distracted because you love talking to people and you love hearing and you love uh, being engaged and stuff like so. It's, it has its pros and cons for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really good. My next question is how can employees stay engaged in the workplace? Because sometimes when it comes down to um, sometimes employees, they just stay stuck to their office. They don't want to come out of their office or sometimes mm-hmm. they just come to, they just say, I'm just coming to do my work and I'm just leaving after a work day. I don't want to do anything else. But how can, how yeah. can that engagement stay, stay there? Does it lead to leadership having to build that engagement or does it lead to the employees? leading to that engagement. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Like I think to me, engagement's a super relational experience. Like it doesn't exist just from the employee and it doesn't exist just from the employer. Like both people or parties are are responsible for engagement. Um, But something I talk to my clients about a lot is based on this idea I heard it in TED Talk like 10 years ago from like a Stanford professor and I cannot find the TED Talk. So if anyone <laughs> finds it, like drop it in the comments or whatever. But um, it was somebody talking about how we shouldn't do uh, what we love. We should do what we're good at. So uh-huh. for me, like I love doing ceramics. I'm not very good at it. If I had tried to become like a professional ceramicist, I would have spent my career just like banging my head against a wall. Um, but yeah, I think engagement, when I'm talking to clients, it starts with being like, let's get really clear on what you're good at, because that's going to make you happier and more engaged at work. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to be doing your best work, right? right. Um, and I think the second part of that is um, about, and this one is a little tougher because it's like, we don't always have the privilege of getting to be selective about where we work. Sometimes we need right. a survival job. Like yeah. that is a reality. But if you get to be a little bit selective, then be selective, like find out what your values are and use yeah. your values to guide the work that you do too. So yeah. like, if you're somebody who just like wants to make a ton of money, that's fine. Like that's your thing. Um, find a company where their value statement is like, we love revenue. Like, uh, you know, we reward our highest um, outputting like salesperson. If your value is diversity and inclusion, don't interview for a company where that's their top priority is making money. Like, or not that those things are mutually exclusive, but like find a company where their value statement talks about diversity and inclusion. Because like, I guarantee that when you get to work, you will be more engaged. You will want to talk to your coworkers more. Like you'll feel safer talking to your employer if you understand that you're both coming from the same value alignment. Um, and then I think the second part of that, uh, in terms of like the employer side, is something that I've learned mostly from my time at Teamwork, which is like if your um, boss or leader encourages you to be a leader, um, if they give you the opportunity to like expand on what you're actually interested in you will come to work with such a stronger feeling of like aliveness and engagement. You will like want to make your workplace better. Right. Like, um, and I think pragmatically what that looks like from the employer side is like, if you can afford professional development, that's the best way to avoid burnout. like getting your employees to develop professionally is huge. Um, And I think that if you're giving employees opportunities to like grow and learn and be leaders, you just will almost always see higher retention, like higher productivity. Right. Like, um yeah i think moving people out of the space where their mentality is that they're like a cog in the machine who just like comes in gets their work done and goes home to the space of being like you spend 40 hours a week here so like how can you feel like an active agent in your own growth and development is just a huge way to to help people feel engaged whoa that that was that that's so important and i and i totally agree with you that 
setting your values is so important. Setting the values that you have and knowing the values that you have and making sure that that's also clearly stated that if, yeah. if it's not within your, your values that you share that, if it's within your values and you bring the passion, I love um, when you say when leaders, when leaders encourage you to, to dream more, to inspire more, to create more, that's doing leadership, and I, I'm so important. I'm so happy um, that that's what teamwork does uh, for for its leaders. Um, when it comes down to our executive director, Marcus, um, mm-hmm. who gives that 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 way of leadership um, and and that sort to engage. And I, I told him, and, he's, and Marcus, if you listen to this podcast, haha. Um, uh, I told him one time. I said like, hey. You, when you were an employee of Teamwork, you never changed. Your personality never changed when you became the executive director of Teamwork. And so that, like, that trend helps people stay more engaged and helps people stay more happy um, and stuff like that. And I, I said there was no day that I mean, well, there are some days, but there was mostly no days when I came to work passionate and wanted to actually do more and wanted to actually create more and stuff like yeah. that. So kudos to the, the Teamwork um, leadership uh, under Marcus for doing totally. such that, that great work for sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to go into a little bit of open space because sometimes it, this also deals with engagement, but also creating that open space. How do you define open space when it comes to sharing in the workplace? You want to share, but you don't want to share too much because you don't want to feel like gossiping in the workplace. Hey, um, that's yeah. something that, that happens. But like, how do you define an open space when it comes to sharing in the workplace? Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, so um, my mind kind of goes more immediately to like diversity and inclusion in terms of open space. So um, in thinking that through, I heard recently this idea that diversity is having a seat at the table, inclusion um, is having the voice, uh, having a voice, and then belonging is having that voice be heard. So I think when we talk about uh, inclusion and diversity and equity, we miss the belonging piece a lot. I think belonging is where there's an open space, right, to to share and feel heard. So I know in my experience, speaking up is really hard for me um, and sharing, like it's getting easier the more I do, but it used to be really hard for me. Like your little heartbeats, like your palms get sweaty, right? It feels really high. Yeah. And I think that like, it can be extra challenging and feel extra high stakes if you come from a group that historically has not been heard or whose voice has not been listened to, right? So I'm thinking like BIPOC groups to SLGBTQIA people and like women in general, right? It's like those voices have not been welcomed at the table. Um, So I think for people to feel comfortable sharing, they have to have evidence from their employer that their voice actually will be heard. I feel like that's sort of where it starts. And I think that's top down. Like, I think that starts with a leader who listens. And Marcus is such a good example of that. I don't say that just because I'm on Teamwork's podcast. Like, I really have learned so much from having him as a leader about um, even, like, having a leader who believes in your own potential to be a leader. Right? Like, I'm sure you had the experience. That was not a way that I ever self-conceptualized. Um, I think anybody can be a leader if they're nurtured by somebody who like believes that they have that capacity. And that's been really big for us. The other thing that I heard him say recently that stuck with me was this idea that um, people are likely to be open and take risks and share when they know that they're in an environment where it's okay to fail. And like working from an employer who understands that failure is part of our success story has been really big for me too so it's like part one feel safe to share but part two feel safe to fail and know that like you're going to be held in that um i think also in terms of openness employers have a responsibility to be really aware of whose voice isn't being heard so like if you've been in a meeting with somebody for an hour and there's 10 people at the table and one person hasn't spoken for 40 minutes like 
that's a really good opportunity to see what's going on with that person either in the meeting or outside of it like whatever feels you know, yeah, appropriate yeah yeah and then the other part of that too is like um employers if they want to make an open space I think sometimes it sounds almost counterintuitive, but creating a closed space first can be really helpful. Like I'm thinking affinity groups, right? Like yeah. affinity groups where like queer employees or black employees can meet and have conversations. Yeah. Um, it strengthens the safety of that group and then it empowers the individual to bring that idea to like the larger, you know, work community. But it also leaves room for networking and mentorship and just like new ideas shared in a supportive way. So um, I just, yeah, in terms of openness, there's such a like overwhelming body of evidence at this point that, um, diverse workplaces where people can feel belonging leads yeah. us to be more innovative and more productive, like beyond just like the very reasonable logic that is human decency that we all deserve to be heard. It's also really beneficial for your workplace. So um, yeah, I think open spaces is like pretty key to, to a productive space in general. Wow. I love, I love the word belonging. I, I think belonging oh. is something that I always share and, and and you want to belong you want to be there you want to be feel heard you want to feel there you want to be yeah. present you want to be connected um and that's how you belong in in those ways and ah yeah and that so belonging good. is so key to like engagement right like yeah, in terms yeah of everything yeah. we've talked about i feel like belonging yeah. is like the bed rest that engagement and productivity kind of like build from you know mm -hmm. or the bedrock yeah Wow, Jesse, this is this is being so good. I I really do encourage bringing you back onto this conversation. I feel like it's really important because you're you're making good nuggets, and I feel like we need to have a part two to employment pr productivity because like this this is important because this this would helps um employment um employees and employers succeed in their organizations if they follow these recipes or follow these um um not steps but follow the the um the routine i would say in in, in that way but i i want to for the last um i have one more question but i, I want to target this to you just spoke about the the the, the um, program thrive i think you, you call it tell us more about that program if you can share um and if clients or people in community um can be a part of this so yeah 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 so um strive is uh came out of the canada post opportunities project which was the project i was helping out with last year um so that was a partnership between canada post the department of community services and teamwork mm -hmm. and the focus of that was to uh, support folks with disabilities getting work at canada post mm -hmm. um it was pre and post employment support so it starts with like you know resume tailoring and interviews um security screening like all the things i can throw up for a box mm -hmm. i was there for that and then once people are hired i stuck around so doing Post-employment support looks like, um, for people who don't know, like accommodation support in the workplace. If you are getting really overstimulated by loud noise, like how can we get you noise-canceling headphones that also means you're still safe in a factory environment? Um, or, you know, your union dues are piling up this month. Okay, let's get funding to pay for those so we can take that off your plate. Um, if you're at work and you're just like having a panic attack, it's like your second day working after three years not working, then you can call me and like, I'll be there. We can chat. So, um that was the first stage of the program. It's now moving into Strive, which uh, our contract just got finalized. So we're still kind of figuring out exactly what that's going to look like. But yeah. my sense is that we're going to take this um, model that we've already had success with, which is the pre and post employment support. And we'll mm -hmm. uh, keep working with the Department of Community Services and then apply that to Canada Post, but also some employers beyond that. Um, and we just have to get specific now about what that that's going to mean. So. 
Yeah. That's amazing. And see, you're a part of the employment productivity in order to continue the flow with clients and making sure that they thrive in their workplace. And so really appreciate you for, for being that um, role model, but also that guide and mentor to those employers, employees and to the employers, guiding them as well, and giving them um, some, um, recommendations. It's really good. It's people like you who we need in more in the workplace that keeps us more alive and so really appreciate the work that you do before you. we go share with us a quote a thought that will keep our listeners inspired wanting to listen to this podcast more and wanting to stay engaged for the rest of the day okay so my quote um i've been i was thinking about this one a lot and was like kept trying to come or like find like big lofty quotes and then the one that landed the most for me is actually really simple it's from leanne simpson uh and she said strong communities are built by individuals being their best selves um mm. and yeah i think that's my quote for the day um i think we spend a lot of time uh trying to figure out like how can we be most productive and like how can we you know be most engaged all that stuff and it's like how lucky are we that all of the evidence we have suggests that people are the most productive when they are happiest and their best selves like that is a great alignment, you know? It doesn't have to be hard, um, but yeah, people being their best selves is what makes us a strong community. Strong communities make us our best selves. Wow, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on to the Neighborhood Conversations. Um, you have been an inspiration to us and employment productivity is definitely gonna be a, a mind of, of a lot of employees as they think about how, our, how they're doing um, with engaging with employees and how they are also building and thinking about the employees, how they are um, creating those values and sharing those values and, and having boundaries or creating those healthy boundaries in order to stay productive um, in the workplace. And so thank you so much for that. Um, ladies thank and gentlemen, thank you. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming on to our podcast today um, and we'll see you at the next one. Have a great one. This podcast is funded by the Government of Nova Scotia.